Welcome back, folks. This week's segment on customer service is about the happiest place on earth. Disneyland is set to reopen. They've actually started to slowly reopen in Florida, and I think they are looking to reopen in California, as I understand it from these stories I read. And they are literally taking people's temperature as they prepare to reopen. And what I mean by that, Kayvon, is they sent out, they being the Mouseketeers at Disney, sent out a questionnaire to their loyal customers, their annual ticket holders and people that that they value opinion from. And these questionnaires were posted on Reddit. And you know, if it's on Reddit, it's got to be good. And it was, it's a list of questions about whether people would return to Disneyland or Disney World if there were all these safety measures in place. And to be right up front, Disney is saying, proceed at your own risk. We are not going to be responsible if you get sick because of attending one of our theme parks. They're absolutely disclaiming any responsibility and making it very apparent that they're not going to bear any responsibility, even though you and I would probably both agree it'd be very hard to attach liability. But even if you tried, you're going to uh, hit a brick wall because Disney's saying, if you want to come into our parks, then buyer beware. This is not going to be a situation where you're going to come in, run around, get sick, and then blame Disney. This They're going to do what they can to try to limit the spread and the possibility of people getting the coronavirus, but they cannot guarantee it. And I'm interested to see what happens here because Disney is going to take people's temperature when they come into the park and I guess not allow people that are with an elevated temperature to enter the park. Meaning if you have over a hundred degree temperature, you're out of there. They're going to require face masks for people that are over three years old. Uh, I don't know about that, but I mean, I, I've had to wear a face mask for a few things. I probably should have wore them for more things, but I'm not a huge fan of them. They're kind of annoying and frustrating to wear, but Disney's saying no face mask, no entry. So they're trying to do certain things, but they can only do so much. My question to you from a customer service standpoint is how do you still make this an incredible experience for the visitors of this theme park? but put all of these parameters in place and balance the safety of those visitors with the enjoyment of those visitors. I think first you make Mickey face masks. <laughs> That's a great I'm idea. I'm sure they're already on, on that. You're seeing lots of styles of face masks already. Collector editions, right? So people want to keep them. That's a great mm-hmm. idea. Yep. People are... People have been wanting to go here even while it was closed, even while this was at its peak, right? I'm not one of those people. I think I was Disney World once when I was a kid. Didn't really like it. Shout out to Disney. 
<laughs> there are people who will show up if the world's on fire, as long as Disneyland <laughs> lets them in. They don't care. They're just so, they're so diehards. Disney's not worried about those people. They're worried about the, eh, we've never been there. We're looking to go. Well, I guess they send it to people who've already been. So they're looking at the people who may not go every year, maybe every few years or something like that. The people who probably are, are still not ready yet to go, but will be going maybe later this year. I think they want to gauge things so that they can tailor the experience for the, the majority of people because the diehards are not the majority and the people who never go are not the majority. The, the middle pack of people for Disney World or Disneyland or, or whatever are people who probably take their kids maybe once while, while their kids are between the ages of you know zero and, and adulthood. That those, are, those are the people that they're, they're thinking about. I think they can still provide a, a pretty awesome experience. I mean, if you get the if you get the virus and you get sick, you could get it anywhere. You don't know if you actually got it at, at Disney World or Disneyland. And if you're the type of person that is going to go while things are still kind of iffy, um, you know, you're you're the same person who's just probably. I mean, I I don't know. If this is just me, but. If I were someone who's, I'm going to go to Disney, right? And, you know, damned if I do, damned if I don't, uh, sort of thing. If I get it, I'd say, well, it was worth it because I, I like Disney World this much. I, you know, disregarded this this possibility. Whether Disney Disneyland or Disney World tells me, you know, that that I'm assuming the risk. I am. I know I am assuming the risk. It's like me jumping you know, across the creek and, and thinking, well, I might not make it, right? Uh, these people might might come back with a, a virus. The, the overall risk with everyone thinking about the coronavirus is not that one person gets it. I think it's that it, it spreads and then that we can't really control it because people are going to get sick when they go to Disney World anyway with something else, not the coronavirus, but something else. So poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they shouldn't have a disclaimer for that. It's food poisoning. Like you're not, you know, you're not, you're not assuming the risk that, you know, you're going to eat some bad chicken or whatever, but for the people who go there, I think you can still do a, a good, good solid for them if, if they're of that mindset already. So it's just, it's one of those things that self selects. And, uh, I think as long as you're showing in a lot of stores and, different places, not just the grocery store, are are at least showing that they're they're trying to care, whether it actually makes a difference, putting up these like plexiglass things at at the checkout line, having uh, hand sanitizer and and gloves or masks, you know, as people walk in. That might be enough to get people to feel uh you know a little bit better about it. I guess it's possible that it, it, it forces some people who want the exact Disney World experience that they had, you know, always and as before to not come and maybe show up uh, once these measures are, are, are taken back. So I, I'd really like to know what what the ultimate, because obviously they're answer, asking these questions in a certain way and they're going to be getting some data. 
but I, I want to know what the actual propositions are that they have that they want to prove or disprove with this information. That would interest me so much more than, than the questions that they're asking because they're not asking these questions for their answers. They're taking these answers, right? And then they're, they're plugging them into something and trying to make some business decisions on how to run the park. But th they're not asking the customers, how should we run the park? They're trying to gauge, you know, public opinion or, you know, the Disney public opinion on, on what to do. And then, you know, if it's 50-50, they might feel a certain way. If it's 70-30, they might feel another. But no individual person's response is going to make a difference, just like any other thing that, that uh, <laughs> this is my opinion, uh, one, one vote here in the Disney world, not in the regular world, but in the Disney world is not going to make a difference here. If someone's going to go, right, or, or not vote for it, what ultimately matters is whether they pay the money. That's it. I think it's it's a really interesting way to do a focus group because you're right. That's exactly what this is. They're polling their customer base to identify trends and make decisions on what is important or what they deem to be important from the feedback they get. But I love your idea about gamifying this whole thing, meaning if if you're going to reopen the park and there are people that are going to come because they love Disney and want to be a part of that experience, then make everything from the face masks to the temperature checks to uh, the social distancing part of the experience and, and really wrap your arms around it and make it part of uh, the, the customer journey. Because if you do that and you, and you said it to start the, your answer here, if you said, make the face masks with Mickey on them, you could make those collector items. You could, and you could change those out with all the different Disney characters every week so that people are incentivized to even come back if they wanted to. You could embrace these restrictions and these modifications that you're going to make to make it part of what the customer is expecting to have happen as opposed to, I have this idea of what a visit to Disneyland should be like and now it's going to be completely different. And you're right. If if you're a customer who has a certain thought on what Disney should look like and you want to bring your children there for the first time or someone that has not been there, then maybe this is not the right time to go. But if you are a diehard or you're someone that wants to go and wants to get back out there and, and enjoy Disneyland, I think Disney has a terrific opportunity too. And they're a huge marketing machine. And if they can think of ways to really embrace the modifications and the changes and restrictions that are going to be in place, they could turn this into a really fun experience for the customers that, that do go. I will not be one of them just like you won't, but there, I'm sure there are going to be a ton of people that go and take advantage of the park as it reopens. What what's i saw an interview with someone from Disney. Don't know who it was. One of the things that's really going to hurt their sales is that, no one's going to these movies that they roll out, which is a directs traffic to the park, right? There's no one going to movie theaters right now. All these animated films that, you know, their kids get excited about. And then they hear that there's a attraction or ride at the park for them. That's not happening, right? These movies are, are kind of advertisements for 
Disney World and Disneyland and and all the other things Disney. So that that's a whole other element of 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 the the world of Disney that's missing right now. Uh, so that that's that's I don't know. It's just a side thought, but I wonder how they're going to find ways to direct uh, traffic because I I think actually Disney World is is an easier uh, problem to fix versus getting people into movie theaters. So Disney, I guess, is going to have to find other ways to promote itself or new attractions at the park if the movie theater is just not going to be, uh, you know, where they start that journey anymore. Well, yeah, I and mean, that's why they have their whole network now, right? I mean, Disney Plus or whatever it is that they – is that what it's called, Disney Plus? Uh, there's like a network that they started for this very purpose to be another marketing arm of the Disney machine. And, and I'm sure they're already using that platform to get out these messages and let those potential customers know what sorts of attractions and what sorts of, of things they can expect at the parks. It's a decent point though, because you're right. They're not, yeah, they're not rolling out the big movies through that though, because right there's like distribution rights with the movie theaters. So it can create some backlash. I don't know. This could be, (laughs) this could be the end of movie theaters, which would be really sad. Even though I haven't been to a movie in a long time, I used to work at the movie theater. (laughs) Shout out to the movie business. Well, hang with me, Kayvon. We're heading into the last chapter, last segment of this week's episode, legal musings and charitable doings up next.